podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on Wednesday the 12th of January. And Jurgen Klopp has just done his press conference ahead of tomorrow night's Cup semi-final against uh, Arsenal, rather. I was going to say Everton, but they wouldn't find themselves in a Cup semi-final. Uh, Klopp has said, with regards to the squad, that Trent and Alisson trained yesterday. Divock and Thiago did not. That's pretty much it. All players who test negative are available. Harvey Elliott not too far away from team training. Robbo got a knock versus Shrewsbury, but is fine. Um, interesting there on Harvey, not too far away from team training. So hopefully by the end of this month, the start of next month, Harvey will be back in team training and we can probably look at a March return to the fold for Harvey Elliott. Uh, some spoofers would have you believe he played in a behind-closed-doors friendly recently. That did not happen. Uh, that's just something people made up on the internet for clout, attempting to make out that they had some sort of inside knowledge. Looks like it should be about March, and you know they're going to take it very, very cautiously with him. He'll be brought back slowly, sub-appearances, and so on, before he gets any kind of big minutes. Um, Everyone else been back, bar Divock and Thiago is good. Divock's injury remains a mystery. He obviously scored that late goal against Wolves, and we haven't really seen him. I don't think we've seen him at all since. And Thiago has the hip issue, which we'll all be hopeful he will overcome quite quickly. There has been some rumours that he could be out for the season. Klopp has downplayed those, but who knows? Who knows? He also said with regards to Mo Salah's GQ interview, there's nothing in it that's unexpected. I know that Mo wants to stay. We want Mo to stay. That's where we are. It takes time. I think it's in a good place. I'm very positive about it. So the last time Klopp said something like that about a contract situation, it was when Jordan Henderson had leaked to the Athletic that he was unhappy with the terms being put forward. Klopp intervened and obviously the the new contract was signed. So we'll wait and see what happens with regards to that. But obviously, Cup semi-final tomorrow night against Everton. And the crying has continued from Arsenal fans, from Chelsea fans, from Everton fans who just like to involve themselves in anything Liverpool to make out that Liverpool cheated uh, to get the first game postponed. Now, obviously, it's come out that Liverpool had a number of false positives and there's a tweet going round that about 14 or 15 different people have posted about the likelihood of getting one false positive, the likelihood of getting five false positives. The maths on these are mental and wrong. But also a quick Google of Bath rugby false positives or Manchester United false positives will show you that it is very possible to get batches of tests that come up faulty. Um, Liverpool have done nothing wrong in this equation. What they've done is they've tested their players, then they've done PCR tests, sent them to a lab who have verified positive tests. They've then done a secondary PCR test and sent it to a different lab who've come back and said that they're negative. So, 
you, you do have to realise, Liverpool have followed the rules here. The problem Liverpool have faced is that they've been too transparent about this. Because Klopp has been very open about his feelings on COVID and vaccines and many, many things regarding the pandemic, and has chosen to be open about the situation at the club with regards to COVID, that has given people who just want something to complain about, something to complain about. So as opposed to Leicester and Leeds and Newcastle, who all got games postponed very conveniently when they were having massive injury crisis. As an example, Leeds were missing two-thirds of their starting team, got walloped by City, walloped by Arsenal, were due to play us on Boxing Day. All of a sudden, they had COVID. No names of the players who had COVID or anything like that have come out, but they had COVID. Leicester, who were just torn asunder by injuries, all of a sudden, they got COVID. No names, no recovery timeframes, nothing like that. They just had COVID. Newcastle, dogged by injuries, suffered another injury to Callum Wilson. And all of a sudden, they had COVID cases and their game was called off. So if Liverpool had said nothing about any of the players and just requested the, the cancellation and, or the postponement and then said nothing after it happened, then nobody would have anything to cry about. Arsenal fans obviously want something to cry about because they're Arsenal fans. It's what they do best. And when we look at the fact that we have hammered them routinely over the last decade or so, particularly under Klopp, and the only win that they have is the game at the Emirates after Liverpool had already won the title, when we smacked the life out of them, should have been 3-0 up, were one up, and then Virgil and Alisson started pricking about, and both of them basically cost us a goal each, and we lost 2-1. Aside from that, they haven't beaten us in years. Now, they claim they beat us in a Community Shield uh, game. That's a pre-season friendly, and the game ended in a draw. So, no, you didn't beat us, and if you had, it was a friendly. So, just settle down. Uh, Chelsea fans want to have something to cry about. God knows why. Like, I really don't understand Chelsea fans having this big chip on their shoulder and wanting somebody to cry about. Maybe it's because they're a small club. London's third biggest club. Maybe it's because no one really cares about them because they've bought all the success. Who knows? But, you know, if you've won five league titles, five FA Cups, three League Cups, two European Cups and two Europa Leagues in the last 17, 18 years, you probably shouldn't be crying too much. Considering what you'd done before that, in the entire history of your club, before Roman Abramovich took over, and started spending all the money. In the 98 years prior to that, you'd won one league title. You'd won two div second division titles. So you had more second division titles than first division titles, which i tell you what you, they were as a club. They had three FA Cups, two League Cups, and a Cup Winners Cup. Two Cup Winners Cups. That's it. That's why they're crying. Because they know that they're a small-time club. Everton, I mean, 
you haven't won anything since 1995, you're going to need to cry somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been tremendous. It really has been tremendous. To see the outpouring of tears, you really could grab a snorkel and go for a swim in these tears that have flown freely from the blue side of Liverpool, the blue part of London, and the red part of London. Tottenham fans, you know, they've just kept quiet. United fans have largely kept quiet. City fans, to their credit, have largely kept quiet, largely because, well, I mean, it, it would just be too easy to turn things around on them, considering Pep Guardiola never stops crying, and their club is, well, let's be fair, they're a money laundering exercise for for a Middle Eastern government. Um, moving on to the main Liverpool sites before I get too carried away. Uh, why Liverpool should expect chaos and a stronger Arsenal than usual is the lead story on This Is Anfield. Now, having a look at the injury issues at the moment facing Premier League clubs, we can look at what Arsenal's situation is. Gabriel is back. He served a suspension in their defeat to Nottingham Forest. Remember, we're scared of them, but they lost to Nottingham Forest the weekend. Uh, Granit Xhaka, he's overcoming COVID. Uh, Tommy Yasu has an injury, but is expected to play. Emil Smith-Rowe has an injury, but is expected to play. Aubameyang, Party, Elneny and uh, Nicolas Pepe are all at AFCON. And Balogun is due to head out on loan to Middlesbrough in the next day or so. So they're going to be missing some bodies. Uh, only one of them is a starter in Thomas Partey. But, you know, hopefully they play Granite Jacket in midfield. Hopefully. They will go full strength. They're as close to it as they can. But I think we will as well. Because, well, why wouldn't we? Um... Liverpool COVID cheat claims why rival fans are so wide of the mark. Do check that one out. That's a good piece. There's also a piece on Salah and what he said in his interview. Um, it's the stuff we've heard before. It may well be that those quotes came out before this interview is just a regurgitation. I don't know. But it is literally just Salah saying, I'm not asking for crazy stuff. I'm asking for what I'm worth. Give the man what he deserves. It's that simple. James Milner leaves in the, in the summer. That's £150,000 a week freed up that has been wasted for the last seven years. Give it to Salah. Uh, the real Hillsborough truth calling for... Sorry, the real truth legacy calling for Hillsborough to be added to the national curriculum. That's a really interesting piece. Do give that one a read. Uh, Andy, um, Andy Carroll. I don't know if anyone saw the Reading game last night. Was it last night? It was last night. Um, Reading lost 7-0 at home to Fulham. Now, at the weekend, Reading lost to Minister in the FA Cup. They're currently 21st in the championship, only outside of the relegation spots because Derby had so many points uh, deducted for their financial shenanigans. But Reading lost 7-0 last night. Andy Carroll had two absolute worldies. And I mean absolute worldies ruled out for offside. First one was an overhead kick. The second one, he came back from an offside position, took the ball in his chest and ba bashed it into the top corner from 20 yards out on a, on a volley. An incredible goal. Um, 
but yeah, both of them ruled out. Whereas Harry Wilson playing for Fulham, former Red, he ran the show. He scored two. I think he had four other goal involvements. Um, so yeah, the battle of the ex-Reds, Harry Wilson wins by a wide margin. By a wide, wide margin. Uh, moving on to Liverpool.com then. The lead story is Liverpool can sign new Kaka for 18 million and make ideal Jurgen Klopp attacker's dream come true. So I haven't heard Musa Barrow compla- uh, compared to Kaka before, genuinely. But Musa Barrow is a very talented player. Now, Sam Maguire has been beating the drum for Musa Barrow for a while now. He does look a really, really talented player. Incredibly quick, really good technique. Great 1v1 and a quality creator of chances. He scores his fair share of goals. If you look at over the last couple of seasons, last year he got nine goals in 40 games. The year before, in just 18 games for Bologna, he scored nine goals, which is a really good second half of the season, having spent the first half kicking his heels on Atalanta's bench. Uh, this season, he's got five goals in 16 games in all competitions. He also has four assists. I think Musa Barrow would make sense. And at that kind of price point, 18 million, you'd be absolutely mad not to at least give it strong consideration. Uh, Liverpool must consider 60 million Mohamed Salah similar claim, but it shows an FSG transfer issue. Uh, so this is Jared Bowen. And no, Liverpool should not consider that at all. I'm sorry, the Jared Bowen stuff needs to stop. Liverpool should not be signing West Ham's fifth or sixth best player. Rice is better. Suchek is better. Fornals is better. Zuma is better. I think Antonio is better. I think it's a toss-up between him and Ben Rama. So, no thank you. You can hang on to him and that will be fine. Uh, Liverpool could repeat Sadio Mane trick as 18 point, sorry, 15.8 million duo linked and Kylian Mbappe comparison made. Liverpool are being linked with a double transfer move for Randall Colomuani and Kenny Roca Santos. So Randall Colomuani is 23 years of old, uh, 23 years of age, plays for Nantes. In France, he's having himself a quality season, but I'm just not sure he is one that we should really be looking at. He is 23. He hasn't really shone on a regular basis up until this point. This season, he's got seven goals and three assists in 20 games, which is a a good return. There's no doubt that's a good return. But I mean, you have to look at is this just an aberration? Last season, 10 goals, nine assists as well, to be fair, but in 41 games, 10 goals in France doesn't really translate all that well to the Premier League. The season before that, he was playing for their reserve team. So this is only his second season as a starter. Um, so that would be pause for concern. He probably needs an in-between move before Liverpool should be investing in a player like that. Um, Kenny Roca Santos is a Cape Verde international, plays for Oostend in Belgium. He's a midfield player. 
again, you'd want to see a player doing doing at a higher level. He's been tagged as an alternative to East Basuma. You would imagine he's more the player Brighton sign as a replacement for Basuma. And then maybe we take a look at him at that point, rather than someone we would look to bring in directly and hope to develop ourselves. Uh, Liverpool can sign forward compared to, Sat- to Lionel Messi for free. Uh, Sardar Ousman. Um, yeah, he was the Iranian Messi. Many, 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 many years ago, he was dubbed the Iranian Messi. Uh, the comparison is one of the more ridiculous ones in recent years. Liverpool tipped to sign 115 million star ahead of Manchester United, but Jurgen Klopp has just one problem. I would assume that one problem is the owners don't give him any money, but Liverpool won't be signing Declan Rice for 115 million. We can be as certain of that as we are of absolutely anything. A uh, very good player, obviously, but certainly not 115 million worth. 50, 55 million, absolutely. 115 would be laughable for a player like him. Um, so a few more pieces here. Liverpool want 120 million double transfer for New Zlatan as Klopp is desperate for a new Ford. This is the Media Digest place. Uh, Taki Minamino has been backed to make a big impact by Jurgen Klopp. We'll wait and we'll see. Uh, 60 million for Jared Bowen. <laughs> Laughable stuff. Uh, Scotland teenager eyed Jamie Hamilton of Hamilton Academical. He is a centre-back out of contract at the end of the season and could be someone to come in and replace Nat Phillips when Nat eventually finds his way out the door. News Latan on the radar, that would be Dusan Vlahovic. Um, yeah, we're not we're not likely to be in the mix for Vlahovic. As, as good and all as he is, I think the price has gone beyond where we would pay. Liverpool can can embarrass Europe's best again with 50 million Erling Haaland transfer alternative. This one I like. Christopher Nkunku of RB Leipzig. Tremendous player. Can play all across the front three. Has played a lot as a false nine this year. So could potentially be that Roberto Firmino replacement. He has kicked on as a goal scorer this year. And has been really impressive. 16 goals in 26 games in all competitions. That includes seven and six games in the Champions League, including a hat-trick against Manchester United, it's worth pointing out. And he, he's added to those 16 goals with 12 assists. So 26 games, 28 goal involvements. You can see why he's someone Liverpool would be looking at. An absolutely outstanding talent. Brilliant dribbler. Can play wide, can play through the middle. You really couldn't go wrong with signing Christopher and Kunku. Uh, Diogo Jota proves Liverpool must have firm 22 million transfer stance. As Mo said, this is more on on Jared Bone. Um, Liverpool can make shrewd 115.2 transfer move amid Ferran Torres shambles at Barcelona. Oh, I think we did this the other day, didn't we? Yes, Eugenio Desti and Gavi. We did this one the other day, so that's fine. We don't need to do that one again. Um, That's that. That is everything from there. On AnfieldIndex.com, two new articles, one entitled An Opportunity Lost by Stephen Smith, well worth your while, and another entitled Can Jordan Henderson 
replace James Milner as Liverpool's utility man. Um, it's a good piece by Sam Maguire, and it does highlight just how poor the decision to give Henderson that new contract was, because no, he can't be a utility man. Um, he can't play right back. We've seen him there before. He's been awful. He can't play centre-back. We've seen him there before. It's quite embarrassing. He can't play on the left side of a midfield. It's mortifying. Can't play left-back because he can't use his left foot. And that leaves the holding midfield role where he's only able to play against teams who don't press and don't attack through the middle of the field or the right-sided midfield role where he's been dreadful this season. So... No is the answer. He can't. So we shouldn't have given him the contract. Um, Podcast-wise, there are four new pods up. A new AI scouted. Myself and Carl Matchett had a look at all the different transfers so far this window. Uh, there is a Mulby on the spot entitled Sam's Jumper. Trev and Jan Mulby, always worth the listen. A new under pressure. Dan Kennett, Dan Rhodes, Phil Barter and Simon Brundish having a look at the Shrewsbury game. And Kate Gordon, in particular, gets a bit of a mention. And there is a, an old school. Um, I will warn you in advance that the old school is basically me telling Gags to shut up and then screaming at him for an hour. Uh, so that's that. It's there if you want to listen to it. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's what we have. That's the four new pods up. We will obviously have a few bits coming for the weekend. I'm uh, not sure if there'll be a post-match medium rare after the Arsenal game. I'll, I'll leave that in the hands of Mr. Guy Drinkle. But there will be, obviously, a, a raw. There is there is a post-match medium rare after um, after the Arsenal game. Apologies for the lack of one for the Shrewsbury game, but it's the third round of the FA Cup. Like, Let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. And if we get to the fifth round, then, then we'll start to do them. Um, but yeah, so that's what we have. Four new pods up. Give them all a listen. Uh, if you're not a subscriber to Anfield Index Pro, you really should be. Give it a go. There's a free seven-day trial. And it's $3.99 a month if you do the annual subscription. So it is a bargain. Uh, Moby on the spot, under pressure. Fatigue Index. Minefield. Mo Chatra's Money Talks pod is outstanding. Harry's rival recon is is brilliant. Scouted is a, is a triumph. Old school. There's just so much. And post-match Raw is the best post-match show you're going to hear anywhere. Um, so do check it out. Give that a go. Uh, check out the Anfield Index shop. You'll find that on Etsy these days. Just use the code RED10. Get yourself 10% off at the checkout. But that is it, folks. That's me. I'll speak to you all tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.